This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. As we head into warmer months, you might be tempted to fire up a grill. It's an incredibly versatile tool to cook any kind of food, but some methods will definitely get you better results than others. So joining us now with some outdoor cooking tips and tricks that you can use this weekend or any weekend is Barry Sorkin, co-owner of Smoke Barbecue in Old Irving Park. Welcome to Reset, Barry. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Now, food aside for just a second, I mean, what are your basics when when setting up a grill? Start start there. So like starting up for the beginning of summer, just yeah. getting ready. So first thing, if it's a grill that you've had for a while, you used it last year, maybe you used it all winter, I like to start each season with a nice clean grill, give it a good deep cleaning, you know, swap out the drip pan inserts, clean the charcoal grate, you know, all of those things. Mm-hmm. So you're starting starting with, a, uh, you know, a fresh grill for the season. Yeah, the uh, we know the the grill should be clean, as you said, but Google was telling us not to use wire brushes. That's correct. Why not? So the wire brushes can those, those bristles can can pluck off as you're cleaning the grate. They can get stuck in the grates ah. and then wind up in your food, and that is a very very That's bad. That's a no thing. no. That's a no no. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about cooking with uh, gas versus a charcoal grill? Like, you know, what's your personal preference? So I I think. Charcoal is always preferable, but I'm also not, you know, one of these people that's really adamant or militant about it. I think you get a flavor from charcoal that you don't get any other way, mm. but there is absolutely no shame in the convenience and, you know, just uh, of a gas grill. I mean, if it gets you out there grilling more frequently, I'm all for it. Yeah, so the key difference being just that that extra flavor that we all we all can probably taste right now with charcoal, right? Yeah, it's, it's two things. It's the flavor you get from the charcoal, but also the more intense heat that you get from charcoal. So I would say, oh, you know, if you're true. looking to buy a gas grill, just make sure you've gotten one with, a, you know, enough BTUs that it's going to get, you know, up to those high searing times. Not all of them do. And when we're thinking about organizing the space when you're, you're getting ready to grill, how do you organize the food on the grill? Like, how do you create maybe direct and indirect heating? Yeah, this, I mean, this is, I think, the most important thing for, like, someone who's looking to get into grilling to learn is to set up a two-zone um, fire where you've got an area where you can cook over hot direct heat and you've got an area that you can cook over indirect heat. That really yeah. opens up the world of what you can cook. You know, over direct, you can do burgers and chicken breasts and very, very flat foods. Mm-hmm. But if you want to start doing whole birds and roasts and larger cuts of meat, it's really important to be able to have that two-zone fire. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk more about meats, right? But beef is, is safe to consume when it's cooked on the rare side. What are some other tips that you can share when it comes to, to grilling meats? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the main thing is to know your temperatures. Different cuts are best at different temperatures. You know, I like my beef, as you point out, rare. Some people have a, you know, preference for a little bit more well done. But when you're cooking things like poultry and pork, it's important to know, Mm -hmm. you know, safe cooking temperatures. You know, poultry... you know, you, you don't want to be careful about serving raw you chicken. You can get really <laughs> sick if you don't, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, at least 26 cases of salmonella symptoms uh, took place throughout Cook, DuPage, Kane, you know, all the counties, really. Um, and some cases are also reported in, in nearby states as well. What about fish? Yeah, I mean, so just one more thing about poultry and other yeah. meats, if you don't mind. Um, I would also say that you have to be careful not just in cooking, but like I know a lot of people that have barbecues, they have that meat sitting out in the mm-hmm. sun. So have yes. a cooler, put some ice out, you know, keep that uncooked meat somewhere cold while you're waiting to put it on the grill. That is such a good point. And, and to our point before about poultry, invest in a, a you know, a, a meat thermometer, right? Yes. <laughs> that You can't go wrong with that. Um, and so with, with fish, it, it's, you know, more delicate. So anything else we should know? Yeah. I mean, if you're cooking fish, I think, you know, try to stick with firm fleshed fish like, you know, salmon is great. Halibut is great. Those fish that kind of hold together better. Yeah. 
Um, so you, have to you, don't, you don't want it to dry out either. Right. You don't want it to dry out, and you certainly don't want it to fall apart. The other thing you can do is um, you can get, and there's no shame in this. Some people will say it's cheating. I say if it puts good food on the plate, do it. Um, you know, if you want to cook something a little more delicate or even some of those fish, it's helpful. You can get like a, a perforated pan that you can put directly on the grill, and it lets you know, some of those flames and some of the heat through. So you can still get that nice charred grilled, but you have the convenience of cooking in a pan. You can get a spatula under it nice and easily. Love that. It doesn't fall apart in the same way. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And this Food Friday, we're getting barbecue and grilling tips from Barry Sorkin, who's co-owner of the popular Smoke Barbecue in Old Irving Park. So Smoke, Barry, it's known for Texas-style barbecue and, and smoked meats. What can you share about what makes your particular style so unique? You know, when we opened up, it's funny, we, we, we kind of got labeled as a Texas-style barbecue place because we do brisket, and that's what we very quickly became known for. But yeah. we never really set out to be, you know, loyal or uh, to any particular style. We, we wanted to bring all of our favorite styles from around the country together in one place. So I would say that our, our style of barbecue is very much an amalgam of styles from around the country. Our brisket, very much influenced by Texas, but the rub that we put on it is much more of a Memphis-style rub. Um, our ribs are more Memphis. Our, some of our sauces you know, tend to lean you know, North Carolina and Kansas City. So we try to bring all of our favorite things together. Now you're, you've got a new steak venture? Yes. we just got to tell us about up, that. We just opened three weeks ago. Wow, um, congrats. We're very excited to be sharing it with people. Yeah, and so you've also shared some steak. <laughs> I've <laughs> yes, got some steak right next to me here. So, so let's, uh, let's, where should I begin? Maybe I'll start with this plate. Uh, sure. Wonderful would... display here. Yeah, so that is our skirt steak. Okay. Um, we serve it with a red chimichurri that you have on there. I've got one for you there with it on the side and one for it on it. Oh, it's yes. not spicy. Um, it is a little bit piquant. Um, so uh, that's great. Oh, this looks great, Barry. Oh, my gosh. So tender, cutting through it. Thank you. So our steaks are a little different. We do them not in the same way that conventional steakhouses do. Mm. Our steaks are smoked, um, and then they are brought up to temperature using a sous vide. And then we are, they are seared in a cast iron skillet with uh, clarified butter and then topped with a little house garlic butter. Mm, this is so good. Thank you. And uh, I'm seeing some chips here. and uh... Yeah, so that's our steak tartare. That's mm. one of our appetizers. Um, it is um, 100% uh, prime tenderloin mm-hmm. uh, mixed with a little bit of shallots, some capers, some parsley. Um, I'm seeing an egg at the center. There is a uh, confit egg yolk. At the center, so that is not a raw egg yolk, although mm-hmm. it has that raw appearance. If you if you break into it, you will see it's got a very jammy, kind of rich texture. It kind mm-hmm. of coats that that uh, tartare. A little bit of that, a little bit of the egg yolk on one of the chips. Oh, that's good so thing. good. I see another piece of steak here that I want to try. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so the other, I gave you two two of the same steak just because I wasn't sure, you know, I had heard you didn't like spicy, so I wanted to keep the chimichurri <laughs> oh, on the side. they gave you the memo, did they? <laughs> so I wanted one the way we serve it and one uh, with the chimichurri on the side. Yeah, no, this is. Too good. Too good, Barry. Thank you so much. All right. And some mushrooms. Can't leave those out. Yeah, we've got it's a great blend of five different mushrooms. It's uh, roasted, then sautéed with some of our house garlic butter. And then uh, the last thing you have there is dessert. And I don't you, you shouldn't skip that. That is our butterscotch <laughs> pot de creme. Dessert at 11.30 in the morning, Barry? Well, you know, if you're having steak don't mind at 11.30, if I do. you know. <laughs> don't mind if I do. <laughs> so, so this food is uh, from your restaurant in Old Irving Park. And this, uh, there's the, the steakhouse now in Avondale. Right. Correct. So, so this, how, food, this food is from the steakhouse in Avondale. So how have things been going over the past three weeks? They've been going great. Yeah. We opened up. Um, Good feedback. Great feedback. Reviews have been off the charts great. 
Um, feedback has been phenomenal. Seats have been full. Reservations have been tight. We are reservation only right now. Um, and we're booking right now eight weeks out. Um, so there are still reservations available, you know, a few weeks down the road. So I encourage people to go on and, uh, and book those. Yeah. And you opened your first restaurant in 2006, uh, then a location in 2016 at, at Revival Food Hall downtown. I mean, what's it been like for you just looking back at how you've evolved since then? It's kind of amazing. I mean, this all started in my backyard. You Did know? it really? Yeah. I was never a professionally trained chef or cook. And, yeah. or, so I, you just know. Just a guy with a grill at home. Kind of. That's, <laughs> that's how I started. And I thought I'd gotten pretty good at it. And I'd been to some of these great barbecue cities and had all this food that I thought, man, Chicago should have this. And at the time, it really didn't. Um, I mean, there were certainly styles of barbecue that were here, but not anything similar to what I had when I traveled other parts of the country. Yeah. And so that was sort of our goal was like, let's just bring that here and see if people like it. I love this so much. Let me ask you a question here from, from WBEZ's Lisa Lavez. She says, if you're doing a long, slow roasted meat, like brisket or ribs, maybe even pork shoulder, how often do you recommend adding coals? Or how many do you add to your grill at a time? Well, it's a really hard question to answer. Every grill, every smoker is going to operate a little bit differently. So, you know, for example, if you're cooking on, you know, a Kamado smoker that's got thick ceramic walls, hold its, holds its temperature, you know, incredibly well, mm-hmm. retains all that heat, you can get through a full cycle without adding any charcoal. You start with a nice full bed, it'll get you through a full cook. If you've got, you know, a, a, like a thinner walled grill yeah. that loses a lot more heat, you're going to have to um, add more frequently. So it's a tough question to answer. I think the, the, like the overarching piece of advice is get to know your grill. I always tell people to practice on chicken because it's cheap. Yeah, you know, get <laughs> that's so, true. Like, you know, take, take, take the time to learn your, your, your grill sort of ebbs and flows. It cycles. Yeah. She's got a regular Weber grill. Yeah. So and that you might need to add, you know, it's, it's a great grill, um, but it's because it's a, it's a thinner wall. It's made out of metal, not ceramic or stone. Mm-hmm. It is going to lose some of that heat. So you might have to, you know, Re, uh, re-up that charcoal a couple times during that cycle. Yeah, I mean, we talked about some of this dressing here that you put on the steak, but what are some other flavors that you've experimented with that you just, you love? You know, it's funny, I'm not, I'm, I'm not terribly experimental on, the, on like the seasoning and, and side of things. I'm much you more about like... You stick to what like, works. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm much more about like get the smoke right, get the temperature right, get the, you know, salt level right, and like, and, 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 and use a great quality cut of meat. And yeah. if you do those four things... Like the seasonings, that's just personal preference. You know, you're going to discover that you like a little more heat on this or a little more spice on that. But, you know, people people are going to like what they like. I think it's more important to get the seasoning right, get the, I'm sorry, get the salt level right, get yeah. the smoke level right, and use a good cut of meat. I mean, you, you gave us some of those tips earlier on, uh, therm- you know, using a thermometer and just making sure the temperature is right. I wonder if there are some other common mistakes that you see folks make out there when they take grilling into uh. their own hands. Yeah, I do. Um, I, the first one that just comes to mind, I see people, they like to make skewers, and those are and skewers are great. Skewers are great. Oh, my God. What are you going to tell me now? No, I'm just going to tell They're great. <laughs> no, you can still have your skewers. Okay, good. Um, but I would put, people like to dress up their skewers with like a little piece of meat, some vegetables, kind of mm-hmm. alternate and make them look pretty. And that's great. But like those things all cook at different, for different times. And right. So like you don't want, you know, an overcooked piece of zucchini or an undercooked piece of chicken. So I say make a skewer full of zucchini, make a skewer full of chicken, cook them side by side, and pull them each off when they're done. Ah, uh, and why do you why do you think folks 
didn't know that or <laughs> sort I of think, opt to, it was is it more so for the aesthetic for the look i think so i blame i, I blame food photographers <laughs> tiktok <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's another one too i mean what are some barbecue or grilling skills that you learned early on that have kind of stuck with you uh, I mean, the the main one is building that two zone fire that I, that I alluded to earlier. I think that's hugely important. It just opens up a world of possibilities for what you can cook. Yeah. Well, tell us about what you've got uh, in store for the steakhouse. So, as I said, this is a very different kind of steakhouse. Um, it's a different steak. Yeah. As I said, we are smoking that steak. We are not, you know, cooking it over a like a blast furnace type grill or charbroiler. Um, we are smoking it, and then we are bringing it up to temperature very slowly and gently in a sous vide bath. And then we're searing it in a cast iron skillet with butter. And it just brings out a very different flavor. I know as you just tasted that skirt steak. Yeah, so it good. It just doesn't taste like other skirt steaks. It still eats like a steak, but it's just got that smoke background that just elevates it. So well done and just pretty to look at. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> If nothing else. Yeah. Barry Sorkin's co-owner of Smoke Barbecue. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. It's great.